are listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Hello, dear faithful listeners of Heart of the Ark podcast. And once again, we come to you from the Office for Evangelization. I'm Father John Gordon, joined with Jennifer Banke, the Associate Director. And uh, we are eager to have this opportunity to share with you coming offering from the Office for Evangelization and some of the thinking behind why we're doing this. But uh, before we go any further, um, I'd like to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord our God, you at prayer was a great model for the disciples who asked you to teach them how to pray. And so, Lord God, we pray as you have taught us. Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. So one of the things that has been on my heart for quite a while is the awareness that many people have, it seems to me, that they are not satisfied with their prayer life. If you ask most people, they would say they're not praying as much or as often or whatever as they should or they ought. And uh, that just raises, I think, uh, a certain sense of frustration for people in their spiritual life. And I think it puts a focus on the prayer in a way that is not necessarily fruitful because they're focused and worried about what I should be doing more of or better, as opposed to something you may have heard me say on this podcast before or other ways in which you've heard me just spout out words, (laughs) is that uh, prayer is not the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is union with God. Prayer is a privileged place of both expressing and deepening that union, but it's not the only place. It's privileged, but it's not standing alone. And consequently, when we think about prayer and we think about, I should do more of it, or I should do it better, or I should do it differently, or whatever it might be, I think we're missing the point that what really driving us is our union with God, and how does prayer support that or not? Absolutely. I, especially when, the, as you just began, the apostles asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, and he started with the Our Father. He started with that closeness, that relationship with God. That's right. That's right. And so one of the things we'd like to do is to offer a course on what we're calling a school of prayer, not unlike the course we had offered a few years ago on evangelization. I think we called it Kickstart Evangelization in Your Parish. It's not as difficult as you think. Well, I don't want to do kickstart prayer in your heart. That just strikes me as, oh, I don't know. (laughs) What I've been doing all this time. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, very simple. And, And the format will be the same. We'll have seven sessions over the course of the year on uh, various Wednesdays uh, throughout the throughout the year from September to May, not including March and uh, December and March. Uh, and we'll get to the, the content of that, but the idea behind it is that 
we are going to have a session each uh, evening where we will have a chance to get some input about some aspect of prayer, the tradition of prayer, various models of prayer, various ways in which we can pray, some of the heroes of prayer around us, ahead of us, as it were, and then have some practical opportunities and also some uh, tasks that might be able to be done in the course of meeting from one meeting to another that will help strengthen what we're talking about. Right. Uh, ultimately, I hope that um, people feel more comfortable thinking about prayer and trusting that they're um, not only that what they're doing is going the right way, but it's oriented the right way, but also that they can go deeper into um, learning about the various ways that the church prays. For the past several years, I have uh, been privileged uh, through the office, for the catechetical office, to present on their Spotlight series that section on the catechism on prayer. And so that's very, very good, and I'm glad, very glad to do that. And that's a pretty intense uh, environment, either all six hours in one day or two, three-hour evening sessions by Zoom. Either way, those are, a bit of, those are challenging just in terms of those environment. And also, there's certain things that don't get covered, as it were. So what we're looking to do as we've developed this course, and I'll be perfectly honest, all we've done so far is some bare outline kinds of things that are – the challenge will be, at least from my perspective, is to kind of squeeze it into an hour and a half <laughs> as opposed to on and on and on. Father, no. Yeah, unaccustomed no, as not I am. You. <laughs> so where does Jen work now? <laughs> um, but very simply, you know, uh, why do we pray? To whom do we pray? How do we pray? Who prays with us? Who joins us in prayer? Traditions of prayer, piety and devotion, and prayer changes us. Those kind of simple things, little hooks that we can uh, develop. And uh, as we have been talking about it, we might even find some connection with some of the um, uh, Beatitudes, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what you were yeah, uh, working with? That, well, no, the Divine Praises. The Divine Praises, divine yes. Praises. Those, those things, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those things, too. But everything's back to adoration with me, Father. Everything's back Everything to the Lord. Everything goes back to the Lord. You know, and it's appropriate, I think, in this uh, time of Eucharistic revival as well that we, we do this. Because I think prayer, uh, from our perspective, should have three kind of poles or three kind of um, uh, anchors to it. And uh, Eucharistic is a key part of it. Biblical is another. And Marian is a third. And I think that... um, you know, th- those those anchors will be very helpful and will kind of touch on uh, those throughout the whole course um, that we do. And, and again, uh, I just realized that this is not a course to kind of increase your knowledge about prayer, but the real goal is that our hearts are stirred up to recognize the gift that we're already living in in terms of prayer, to be encouraged in that. And perhaps to get some wisdom and some insight from the Lord about how I can draw more closely to the Lord and fulfill the great uh, plan of His to be uh, in full communion with Him. You know, that touches on something that I uh, read recently from Pope Francis, none other than Pope Francis. He listens to our podcast. I don't think he listens to our podcast, Father. We've only have one listener in Italy, and it's not in Vatican City. The primary style of God is an attitude of closeness. He said it himself in Deuteronomy, tell me which peoples have their gods as close as I am with you. 
The attitude of God is closeness, compassion, and tenderness. This is God's style, closeness, compassion, and tenderness. Let us follow this style. Am, am I close to my people? Do I help people? He's talking to the clergy and the religious in uh, Hungary. So it was like two weeks ago in, yes. yeah, on his apostolic visit to Hungary. But this was in his apostolic address on, to the religious. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I think that we, uh, as a body of Christ, too, we're, we're not isolated individuals kind of in our own private journey. Uh, to the Lord uh, uh, in prayer, but we do this together, and so we support one another, we build one another up. When uh, sometimes it's very difficult to pray, I know for sometimes uh, people think, oh, um, they're going to recover from some um, medical procedure. Uh, they might be, uh, you know, they might be out of work for a couple of weeks because of that. Oh, how wonderful they're thinking! I'll be able to pray all the more. How difficult it is to pray. Mm. We don't feel well. We're not on the top of our game, and people. People can feel guilty about that, and somehow, how do we help one another so that I'm not alone or isolated in my experience of prayer? You know, that brings up uh, something that I've experienced in my own life when I've gone through difficult um, passages, um, that I have not always been able to pray for myself. I, I struggle with that, but it doesn't mean that I don't feel buoyed by the prayers of the people who I know are praying for me. And it's it's as if I've entered into the prayer of them in a way. It's a very weird but beautiful and, a, you know, that, that community of prayer that we as Catholics are so privileged to be a part of is, is just a wonderful uh, cloak to be wearing when you're not at your best. You know, if prayer is a privileged place of expressing and deepening our union with God, the only thing that might trump that in terms of um, fast-pacing us towards that union with God is suffering mm. uh, of whatever kind. Right. And so I think that um, when we begin to realize all the place of all this and, and to increase the tool bag that we can have of prayer so that we have all these tools at our disposal, because one of the things that will happen is how we prayed perhaps as a child is not how we pray now. When I was a child, I thought like a child, acted like a child. Now that I'm a man, I think differently. And so likewise, at different stages in our own uh, spiritual life, we're going to pray in a different way. And also our vocations will cause us to pray in a different manner. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, liturgical prayer is a very important part of my personal spirituality, as well as the very my role as a priest. I I don't want to just have the liturgical prayer be my job, right? but nor do I want to reduce my personal prayer to only my liturgical prayer. Right. I need to have a balance here, um, whereas for other people, the liturgical prayer might be sufficient for them in terms of their personal prayer as well. It depends on the season of life right. that they're in. I remember when I first went to the major seminary, and presumably I've been praying for a while already in terms of discerning a vocation, and I was in the college seminary for two years. And so, um, but I remember a spiritual director at this major seminary saying something that when he first said it, it kind of caught me by surprise in a way that I resisted, uh, but I've come to see the wisdom of it. And he would say to us, pray as you can, not as you can't. Mm. And I first thought, no, pray as I should or ought, I guess. But I don't know what that means either. And where is that should or ought coming from? It's not found in the scriptures. It's not found in the catechism. It's not. It's That's just coming from my own self. That doesn't mean it's not 
the word of the Lord for me that I, pr- I ought to pray in a particular way because he's leading and guiding me, but there's no thing outside of me. And so to pray as I can, not as I can't, and then to desire that I can pray all the more. And I think that that is the other thing that's a challenge for prayer. And I'm gives these are teasers for you folks that you might want to <laughs> sign up for this this course. Is that I think too often we reduce prayer to some kind of transactional piece of it. In other words, I pray and therefore give me an answer or open this way or produce this healing or this 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 insight or whatever it might be. So I'm giving God this prayer, however I measure that time or attention or whatever it might be, and I expect something back in return. But prayer is an expression of a relationship, mm-hmm. and that describes a transaction. Right. <laughs> and that's, uh, while, while the currency might be prayer as opposed to whatever, it's no different from my good works. I ought, you, I deserve this, God, because I, I work hard for you. But prayer is not like that at all. It doesn't mean it doesn't touch these things, but somehow we, we pray we do get inside. God does reveal himself to us in a way that we can experience it more. But if that becomes the, the, the sign of validation for it, I'm missing the boat in some way. Right. So I'm going to quote Pope Francis again. Because, oh, praise know, the Lord. I know. So when he was talking about discernment, this word of discernment and how to understand what God wants of us and, and discerning that, he says, what discerning what happened what is happening within us is not easy for appearances are deceptive but familiarity with God can melt doubts and fears in a gentle way making our lives increasingly receptive to his gentle light that's a a beautiful expression by St. John Henry Newman Mm. and he goes on to say in this in that prayer in the same way that spouses who have lived together for a very long time uh, tend to resemble each other, that prayer in the same way helps not only our hearts, but our whole minds and our beings more resemble Christ because it makes us more, drawing close to him allows Jesus to enter into my heart and making us feel his presence. And there we can discern when it is Jesus and when it is us with our thoughts. That, uh, that so many times are far from what Jesus wants. You know, that's a perfect uh, intro to kind of the flow of this series. So if I could just take a minute or two to kind of describe what we're going to do throughout it, just because the last part of it is exactly what you just said, you know. Okay. Um, so the first part we're going to begin at, in September, and the topic will be why we pray and the notion of our desire for the Lord and God's initiative uh, in our behalf. And we'll talk about that. The catechism has a bit to say about it. Some of the saints have a bit to say about it. But it's that kind of grounding it in a reality as opposed to just an affectiveness, but how we're ordered, how we're made. It's going to, in one sense, talk about our very anthro- the, the what does it mean to be a human? Right. And therefore, what does it mean to desire God? And then in October, our topic will be, to whom do we pray? And basically, it's about the Lord Jesus, who is the embodiment and the fulfillment of our prayer. Uh, he who is fully human, fully divine, who to whom we pray, with whom we pray. Um, and so that, that, that way in which we enter into Jesus' own prayer, as well as we adore him and worship him, uh, that will be our, our second session. Feel free to, if you have a, if something else to say, 
about any of those to jump in. Again, with Pope Francis, we can always we can always throw more Francis in, folks, right? So uh, that that encounter with Jesus is so um, important to us as evangelizers. That's yes. our, that is us. So that October session, I'm I'm personally looking forward to the most um, mm. in in terms of the the not that I don't want to go to all of them I will be there at all of them but um, that that October one that relationship with Jesus because it says it begins from the encounter with the Lord witnessing him in fact means radiating him but if we do not receive his light we will be extinguished if we do not spend time with him we will bear ourselves instead of him I am bringing myself and not him and it will all be in vain so only those who remain with him can bring the gospel of Jesus. And I think that's so important to us as evangelizers to remain in him with that familiarity, that closeness to Christ. Yes, it's all about Jesus. It's all about uh, bringing people to a, uh, an opportunity to not only encounter him, but then make a decision for him. And then an environment in which they can live out that decision. So our, our November gathering is how do we pray? And in this we talk about how the church invites us to pray the work of the Holy Spirit in prayer, Mary in prayer, all those, those, three, those three anchors I suggested earlier, um, just the way in which we don't pray in isolation, but we pray, even as I pray by myself, I'm connected to the whole move of, of, of prayer uh, to the Lord um, mm-hmm. and his response. And so I think that is a very exciting uh, topic as well. We're going to take off for the month of December because it just becomes a very crazy time. And in January, we come back again as Who Prays With Us. And uh, this I'm very excited about because this is about the saints uh, in particular. We'll have hinted about Mary uh, the month in November, but um, the saints and and their witness of prayer, their model of prayer, um, the way in which they are intercessors for us even now, and the kind of patron saints of all sorts of things from the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> There's a patron saint for that all, you know, and uh, that, which I think is all to the good because I think what it suggests to us is that prayer has an incarnational aspect to it and the saints are the living expression of that incarnational aspect of prayer. Yes. And then in February, um, uh, who joins us in prayer? And at this point, we'd be looking at the various schools of spirituality um, that 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 exist, uh, both in terms of um, the, the traditional schools of spirituality, uh, Franciscan, Carmelite, Jesuit, etc. But even how the various movements today uh, uh, invite a certain model of prayer, um, whether it be uh, and, and living a prayer, you know, right. from Corsio, Charismatic Renewal, um, Marriage Encounter, uh, all these other kinds of movements that are springing up uh, and new communities that are springing up as ways of expressing uh, that. So, again, kind of going from this heavenly to this um, more immediate kind of uh, awareness. And then we'll take the month of March off again because of— It's uh, my birthday. It's my <laughs> The whole month. Pope Francis is coming for her birthday, <laughs> no, no. I'm sure. <laughs> now I'm going to get phone calls, He's going to get an invitation. <laughs> and, uh, but <laughs> but, um, but uh, because of Holy Week and Easter and all that goes on with that. Uh, so in April, uh, we'll come to uh, traditions of prayer, piety and devotion. And we'll talk about some of the popular piety and devotions. And that's where we're, that's when things like the rosary and novenas and those kinds of devotional prayers um, come up because they are very strong refuges 
for us when prayer is difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, when prayer is hard, having those beads to pray the rosary is just such a comfort. You know, uh, I don't know if you listened to it. I'm sure Pope Francis did. But the last episode that I did with Ricardo, he reminded me that the rosary is, is known as the Bible of the poor. Mm. And that... Um, that uh, ta- tactile remembrance of those ten, those ten uh, mysteries. You know, we we prayed here on Monday when the the Fatima statue uh, had a unannounced visit here at the Archdiocesan Center, and not everybody brought their beads down to the chapel. But um, some, I think, de- uh, one of the deacons said, "Well, that's okay. God gave me ten fingers, and that's something that my my grandfather used to say too. And he let me keep them because he was a vulcanizer. He worked in a rubber mill, so he said, God gave me ten fingers, and he let me keep them.' So." <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. And I think that devotional prayer is is wonderful because it is often a springboard then for more conversational prayer, um, which is harder to get into if I don't have preceded it with some devotional prayer. And I think also the role of silence in prayer uh, mm-hmm. needs to be addressed, um, as well as uh, all the various styles of prayer. Uh, the Catechism speaks about that vocal prayer and contemplative prayer and all those ways in which uh, that is present. And then our last session in May, will be how prayer changes us, as you were just talking about before, you know, um, the personal transformation and making our homes now, whether it be our our, our physical home or just within us, as a school of prayer. Um, And so when we have a school of prayer, it means that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I've got other students. I've got teachers, the Lord, the Blessed Mother, the Holy Spirit, the church. Um, And so I think that that prayer changes us. And I'm reminded, I may have said this story before on one of the earlier podcasts. Again, one of the stories I tell a lot. Several years ago, uh, I was helping at our diocesan youth center. And there were a group of young, uh, of high school students who were coming every week for a time of praise and worship before the Eucharistic Lord. And so a few of us were very involved in helping that and creating the space for that and providing all that. The students, the young people did all the, but we provided the music and the worship and and all the right stuff to kind of, you know, uh, uh, guide them and form them. And there was a a married couple who were very attentive and helpful and volunteering at the youth center. And so they would both have been there, but she was taking some courses at the time to learn about her career. I think she'd be. I think she's a mortician, to tell you the truth. Now, <laughs> um, but so her husband was coming, mm-hmm. and uh, again it was a, a adoration, praise, and worship style. And after a few weeks, uh, she said to him, "You're different. I, I like it. I'm, what's different?" And uh, the remarkable thing was that a wife said to her husband, "He's different, and she likes it. Praise the Lord." <laughs> um, first miracle, and the second miracle was that he said, "How could I not be? I've been going to adoration every week." And I've been getting a suntan, S-O-N. Ah, <laughs> so he was realizing, he might not have realized it before, but he suspected. And then when she said it, it confirmed it. He was being changed by his time with the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. And and his primary role at that time of prayer was to attend to the needs of the high school students. He wasn't there primarily for his own personal prayer. He was there to serve. And yet somehow still God was transforming him. And I think, dear friends, that this this last session kind of ties the whole thing together. Why we pray in the first place? What does union with God mean? It just doesn't mean like we kind of clicked off a job. That's what God wants us to do. So we did it. This changes our life. And that's the purpose of life itself, that I want 
to have uh, what this life prepares me for, and that is eternity. And if I don't like being with God now, I'm not going to like heaven. <laughs> Carla Newman, St. Carla Newman said that heaven would be hell to an irreligious man. Oh, okay. Uh, so that I don't want to be that irreligious man. I want to be that, that, that son of God who desires God, who is familiar with God, who is not afraid of the Lord and the, the invitation that we have from him to come to me and that he provides all that I need. And I believe that, uh, dear friends, this school of prayer can be very hopeful. So we don't yet have everything put together, but if you do go to our website, which is rcan.org slash evangelization, uh, there might be a flyer about this, uh, but we don't have any registration details yet. However, the dates are on there, or they will be there, and that way you can kind of plan accordingly. We're going to be having them at the Youth Center in Kearney. And then um, when we registration is open, we will we tell everybody about that in the e-blast that we send out around the Archdiocese. Um, but And I'm, I have a suspicion we're going to talk about this on future podcasts as well as we get into some of this stuff. I think so, too. And uh, remind me that I want, I, I want to press very... Very trepidatiously, I'll, I will press you to consider the John Henry M- Newman Pillar in the Cloud poem mm-hmm. as an example of that um, prayer from a heart, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite poem prayers. I pray in poems, too, in rhymed verse. A singer, who would think? Um, pray for me, friends. Pray for me. <laughs> but um, I'm also going to put this in the—, the I'll put the, a link to the flyer and— as things get updated, I'll put it in the in the show notes here so okay. that people can go right to it from our, our podcast. Um, in that vein, and it, someone recently reminded me that I never say this, but friends, could you consider to like and subscribe to the podcast? We are on every streaming platform that I believe exists. You can... Um, like us, you can follow us, you can subscribe to us. It would be really helpful if you listen on Spotify or Apple to give us a five-star rating or even leave a review that you like us and and what we're doing only because we don't get any money out of this. But what uh, we do is that it, it boosts our, if the more people who like it, the more people see it. Uh, yes. And so then we become a little bit more attractive as uh, to other people who might be looking for this good gospel message. And so therefore, they're going to see it more often and it'll come up in more of those search engines. So the more you can help us spread the little, the little corner of heaven that this heart of the ark is, the better it'll help us spread the good news to the people who need it. So then, we know our neighbors need it. So then they become partners in evangelization. That's with us, right. You All know. you have to do is like and, and subscribe. And, and so it's the a podcast is called Heart of the Ark, as you already well know. And um, we are grateful for the opportunity to, to offer this uh, this little service. And um, we look forward to more and more opportunities we have to get to you know. And uh, as you have able to make a response uh, in, in, in Spotify and the Apple uh, version. Um, to make a comment, also feel free either there or through the email 
uh, to make recommendations about how we could improve and or topics um, and or guests that you think might be good for us to yeah. include in the podcast. Absolutely. We'd be very grateful for that as well. Yeah, evangelization at arcan.org goes to both of our desks, Father John and me. We both see it. So, And evangelization is everybody's work. Yes. It's the work of the Great Commission. And you'll hear from us very soon about that as we approach uh, the Feast of the Ascension, which is the Feast of Evangelization, which Jesus gives us the Great Commission to go out and proclaim the gospel everywhere. This Sunday, we'll hear uh, the word of the Lord tell us that um, to always have a reason for the, uh, uh, to give an account for the hope that is within us uh, from, from the, from the, um, from the, from the epistle of St. Peter. And so we want to have that kind of, we want to equip everybody to have, articulate that reason, to give them the reason for our hope, which is Christ Jesus, and that we would uh, cultivate and foster a culture of evangelization where the whole world can hear and we ourselves can be renewed in the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I really think that the school of prayer is going to really help us Put the focus on God and not any of us in individuals, because Lord knows they're. Amen. I'm not in it for me. I'm in it Amen. for Christ. Amen. So let's uh, conclude, if we may, with a, a Marian prayer, uh, just because uh, one of the things I loved about um, many of the papal encyclicals, but especially of Pope St. John Paul II, is they always ended with a reference to the Blessed Mother and often a prayer. Okay. So very simple. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. God bless you all, listeners of Heart of the Ark podcast. Thanks, Jen. Good to be with you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Heart of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark. Dot fireside dot fm. Our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by Eric Hunter, a dear friend of mine. You can find out more about Eric and his performances and compositions at Eric E R I C Hunter H U N T E R Music dot com. This has been a pleasure, and I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future. <laughs>